I'm from, the Empress' personal physicians were buried with them when they died. It incentivized loyalty. Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Star Trek Review Podcast, Trek This Out. I'm your host, Bob, and joining me on the bridge are Lindsay, John, and Sucky. Uh, no technical helpers this week due to some union issues with Clangers and Morn and various other people. On this episode of the podcast, we will be reviewing the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery, The Sanctuary, and hopefully having some fun along the way. Anyway... It's time to execute the spore drive and jump into this. This is where the burn started. So we have a point of origin. Something or someone is definitely sending it. Philippa? That's weird, scientifically speaking. I'm about to do something that might get us both killed. Did you mean what you said? I want in. I can face anything. Star Trek Discovery. Uh, it's the sanctuary. It's going to go around and let's get some first vibes to see how the podcast may or may not pan out. Um, Suki, I'll come to you first. What's your, what's your sort of first, just your first thoughts, my friend? First thoughts, I enjoyed the episode. It was fun. It seemed to uh, have a good action pace pace to it. Um, I didn't enjoy that much of the Georgia storyline because I'm not sure exactly what is going on there because she's quite um, in your face with the people that are trying to help her and I don't understand why. I mean, I just don't understand that that uh, whole part of the storyline at the moment at all. But uh, on the whole, I enjoyed the episode. Brilliant. Positive. Uh, Lindsay? Yeah, I agree. Um, it kind of had the vibe of a mid-season episode in terms of like what it's doing with various different plots. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And there are some, there are some great bits that I'm looking forward to chatting about. Oh, definitely. John Boy? Uh, yeah, I liked the episode. I thought it was, uh, it was one of the better ones. I think there was a yeah. good balance of, uh, like, like Tucky mentioned, pacing. Although the Giorgio stuff is, is like, she acts like that because she's scared. Yeah, she's just like lashing out, mate. That's the reason why. Um, yeah. But apart, from, yeah, we'll discuss this later. I'm sure. Yeah. But, but it's uh, positive all round from you three, uh, and it's a definite positive from me. It, this this felt like Star Trek. It was lovely. Um, anyway, before we get in deep with this review, um, we're going to get to know our our hosts a little bit more um, in a section we call Discover Me, Discover You. Aha. Discover me, discover you. Aha. There is nothing else I rather do. Ooh, ooh. Discover me, discover you. Aha. Let's get to know our host intimately. Well, boys and girl, um, this is a very simple one this week. It's one question, and we're all going to answer it. Um, and it's hopefully relatively simple um, what I want to ask you because obviously this is us you know trying to, to, to sort of get get our listeners to get to, well, to get to know us better basically I want to know 
what was the best day of your life and why? And I'm going to come to me first so you can have a little think, guys. Um, I would, I would, I'd say, obviously, the birth of my son. But that's a bit obvious and and uh, and boring. That's maybe I don't know. Um, so I'm gonna go with being told off by John Pertwee um, in 1992 at a convention in uh, in Stockton uh, for dawdling in a queue just to get told off by a doctor was amazing and that was the first time I met my doctor uh, Sylvester McCoy I know this is a Star Trek podcast but that was just like for a 12 year old me just absolutely amazing and brilliant Um, yeah and it was cool and the best the the best thing about it was years later when convention because this was when conventions were you know, you paid your money and everything was free. Now they charge you a fortune for everything. Went for a coffee and that was Fest McCoy. Uh, and uh, all these people were around or whatever. And I had my picture of that, you know, of me, hit me and him when I was 12 years old. And I wanted to go and show him and try and recreate it. As I was growing up, this woman came up and went, No, 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 you've you, you got to charge for pictures, charge for pictures. And Fest McCoy went, No, 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 you don't. This, this is fine. And he, he told her to bugger off uh, as well. And uh, yeah, so. That mine's a very Doctor Who one, um, even after the birth of my child, obviously. So I'm going to come to you next, Sucky. Yes. Oh, so if we get just discounts all family-related things, birth to my children, wedding, daughter's wedding, all that. You know, those are all fabulous days. Ones I'll remember forever and ever. Uh, but it's the 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 one that really sticks out is Walkcom for about two years ago. Yeah. Where we, the whole, the Proctoru guys, just, be, just before I joined them, uh, proper, uh, we all went down to uh, Manchester uh, and we met uh, a number of doctors. So we, we saw did. Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Paul McGann, and we had our picture taken with them. And it was one of these best days. And we saw a load of people there, but it's a picture of us, all four of us from the Proctoru podcast. Yeah. I've actually fr- fr- it's taken me yeah. two years but I've framed mine now oh you've already got it framed there we go yeah. there we all are yeah yes. it was it was great that was the first time we met you wasn't it properly. well first time physically met me physically met me. yeah yeah first time I think I spoke to you proper it was like, a grand the others I've been on the podcast once it was a grand right. uh, that it was a grand uh, um, do you remember that guy that was dressed as the bus conductor yes. off? Um, wasn't the bus conductor? The greatest co- show, show in the galaxy, or whatever. Oh no, no, no sorry, no. Was, no, no, what was it? You said he was dressed as a a police. Okay, so no. he, I can't remember because he was the most random <laughs> fucking thing ever. Yeah. And also, I was pissed out of my head. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you were married. <laughs> right, um, now the the chap had turned up as a very very minor character. From an adventure in time and space, which was the was docudrama for uh, Doctor Who's 50th anniversary, and the chap had turned up, proper uniform, newspaper from the uh, 1960s. He looked the part. Oh, I was like, yeah. That's up off. If you have a look on my Facebook page, it's on there. It you was see. funny. It was just funny as fuck. Yes. Uh, for a Doctor Who fan, probably no one's laughing. Uh, you Star Trek fan, <laughs> so apologies for that. Uh, Lindsay, how about you? Uh, I like, that's such a massive question that I don't know that you can ever really answer it without a series of caveats. Um, so I'm just going to talk about a really good day. Um, yeah. So I had a really good day um, 
like I, I love I live in Edinburgh. I'm lucky enough to to be able to go usually uh, to the Edinburgh Festival. I like take myself out with like a various kind of collection of people, and we go like for festival days. Um, and in I think it was 2017, um, we just had an excellent day whereby like we just picked lots of really good shows we managed to like squeeze in really good food in between them we met people we liked in queues like people we knew we liked but didn't end up having to talk to the people we weren't so fond of that we happened (laughs) to bump into and one of the things we went to go see um was a play called a joke um that had sylvester mccoy (gasps) and robert picardo and (gasps) somebody else whose name i can't remember and it, it was literally like a three-man play and it was done in the round so I was yeah, maybe six feet away from the pair of them um, and it was like really raw theatre and they were just excellent and at one point <laughs> there was a, a doctor related joke and somebody says doctor and the pair of them turn around and go yes um, oh. and half the audience wet themselves <laughs> and the other half were like what? Uh-huh. <laughs> but the half that got it were like yeah well, at least, at least, although yours was a Doctor Who one, at least it had a tinge of Star well, that Trek. That was kind of where I was going. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, no, that, that was a really good. Class. That sounds class. And John Boy, finally, what's what's your best day, my friend? I don't Why? really have one. I don't. I don't really think. I don't think I have one. You don't. I don't have any. I don't have one day that sticks out ever. I've got a bunch of good days, uh, but I don't. I remember finding a tenner on the pavement once. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about the day that I sent you a Jody Whitaker figure? Wasn't yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty high up there, Sucky, but it's not one of my best days. Oh, for fuck's sake! So what about think so. what about meeting me and forming the greatest folk rock band never to do I anything, think... John? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's right. That's what I mean. There's a lot of bunch of good days associated yeah. with other things. That's so cool. I can't pick a best day. That's fine. That's no problem. But it's uh, it's uh, it's nice it's nice to know we've all had nice days. Um, so I thought it'd be a bit more positive than me um, asking you very strange questions. Cool. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get on with this review. You're listening to Track This Out podcast, and we're reviewing the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery: The Sanctuary, and it's got a very positive vibe going round. It has indeed. So let's get into this and have a good natter. Um, first thing is, it was directed by Jonathan Frakes. Oh, yeah, it was, because it's awesome. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Lindsay. What are you, what are you sort of, what's your, what, what's your thinking? Um, so, like the guys have already said, I think for me it was just a question of balance. Like, it felt like there were a number of plots again, and they all got kind of appropriate weighting. We saw enough of them. Um, this episode was short. And like it didn't feel short until I kind of looked at the chronometer and went, oh, that was only forty-four minutes or whatever it was." Yeah. Um, and like I understand that they have flexibility to kind of be a bit more kind of natural about when a, an episode ends, but like I do think like the like a fifteen-minute variance in how long an episode is 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 quite significant. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked it. I enjoyed the balance. I think there are various bits that we are getting more information about um, obviously we're we're learning that the chain is going to continue to be a challenge shocker um, I think the discovery or the the way that they're moving with the Georgiou line is quite interesting because obviously she's clearly out of phase because we've mm. seen that effect before which is quite interesting and I think particularly when you compile that with um, the talk of the mirror universe 
moving further away. I think that's maybe quite an interesting one. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, what it's left me with is more kind of interest as to what is coming next. Like, I feel like we're building on things, which is good. Yeah. That's what it should be doing in the middle of the season. Oh, absolutely. John? Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in this that's yeah, which good. Uh, one bad thing, though, is that fucking Cello got another out- outing, didn't it? Well, as soon as I heard and, that, yeah, and, as soon as, yes. I know I mean, too. And what's more, and now Stamets is on piano, and it's it's like it's very Star Trek, but I fucking hate it. You know what I mean? There was a moment uh, of like joy slash fear where I was like, oh my gosh, is there going to be like a duet? What are we going to do? Because like Anthony Rapp could sing, as can Wilson Cruz. Like there is no doubt there. Like the pair of them are in musical theatre for a reason. And there is a bit of me that would love it, but I would also hate it. So I'm just not sure. I thought the cello player, John, was actually better mimed this week, or this time. Yeah, still not convincingly enough for me. No, but no, yeah, no. Well, I did think it was. I think I think they might have slightly listened to you, John, because uh, obviously well, they all listen to podcasts. Ethan Frakes is a really good director and shot it better, so that <laughs> yeah, they could budget it better. Another good point as well. The, the the other thing as well with that scene was she, uh, they were playing it, uh, the cello as they were playing it. Had didn't they hear and uh, Stamets walk in or sit down or anything? Well, I thought he was already impressed? there. I, th- I didn't know that he was already there. I thought they were they were there by themselves and uh, playing the the cello, and then all of a sudden Stamets suddenly appeared. Unless it's one of them, uh, they, they've got their transporters now, personal transporters. He just beamed in and just sat there. Yeah. Can you imagine the, the problems of people beaming into each other's quarters accidentally on purpose? Like Linus and his flaky yes. skin. I thought that was that again. He's become the comedy character, hasn't he? Well, yeah, I suppose he always has been a little bit, but they used him more for comedy effects. Um, and it was a lovely little scene when Bernard went. To the to to the kid, like, do you want to do you want to come and peel a reptile's skin off? I was <laughs> like, yeah, of course it's here. I'm a kid. That's amazing. I, I, I do. I I love I love it. I really do. I think it's adorable. But there is a consent issue in that she's like, if you would like to, you can peel some skin off his face. Oh, Never mind how Linus feels about yeah. having a small child picking his face off. <laughs> I think it's class. Um, maybe, maybe Linus often maybe like part of the shedding ritual is that other people help the shed and therefore it is like it's common for other people to like pull yeah. bits of his face off but it just it, came off really it, oddly it, it's like it's like me going to, to my son do you fancy going to go and find some person with loads of scabs and just pick him off you know what I mean I mean certain people enjoy that kind of thing uh, but I just think for a child you know you, it's just a bit strange but it was still but, funny. You, know, but like, you, you can tell a small child would be A fascinated by Linus oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then B quite excited about like perhaps getting close enough to like you know touch his skin like you know <laughs> but it's uh, he's the comedy relief we mentioned Giorgio now I am interested in Giorgio now I'm interested in what is going on it's uh that's the thing that's really keeping me or oh, there's some you know obviously there's some happening but so what like, do you reckon it is then i don't what that's do the thing well that's the thing i know I, I, I you know i think there's some sort of crossover or like Lindsay's before some sort of phasing with the uh the, the sort of mirror universe or something i don't know i really they, don't know they did say right at the beginning of the episode they were going to do some tests and they were going to do it at the atomic 
stage or range or whatever. So they can really, really very, very small particles, I assume. Right, so there must be something that's happening to be able to uh, make a phase out like she did. That weird uh, phase splintering or just uh, blowing up like it did and then coming back together again. That it's was, got, yeah. Yeah, that was a good effect, but it's just... Has everybody we, seen to, we, nobody seems to know what the hell's going on there. Well, what I, what I was slightly perplexed by is the fact that it's an effect we've seen before and that Culber has seen before. Because is that not yeah. what happens to the guy on the seed ship? Who is out of phase? Who? Oh, oh, well, okay. I, I can't remember the seed ship. Which one was that? Which was that in? So the Barzan. So, um, so when Nan meets the, her people, yeah, Spoon Face Girl. Oh, um, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with so, you. So yeah, he yeah. is out of phase with his family. Yes. Like he survived because he was out of phase. But that is the same effect that I think. I think it was him. Um, I, we've definitely seen it before. I think it was him that that was out of phase in that way. So phasing, phasing. Have you got any theories, John? Well, I don't know whether I've heard this or whether it's been a part of a trailer that I watched for the next week. Yeah. So I'm a bit hesitant in saying anything, though. But I think uh, next week uh, we kind of get an idea of it. And the hints I got were it for, because time travel does something to you. You can time traveling forwards, not so bad as time traveling backwards. Yeah, and also she's coming. She's also coming from an in, uh, from another dimension as well. Ah, right, so yeah. she's double double whammied on that thing. So I think that's what's going on, and, and uh, I think that um, Kovic knows this, and that's probably why we're going to be going to Earth for the next couple of episodes. Yeah, because okay. it's two parter, is it terra firma? The, the next yeah. two episodes. I think, like, legitimately, what we're end, I suspect what we will end up with is that she has to make some fundamental decision about either, like, she go, undergoes a procedure to procedure to like bring her into phase with the world they're currently in, and she can't go back to the mirror universe, or they have to try and get her back to the mirror universe, like one of these two. Like, I, th- I think. Oh, back we'll in get, time. Yeah, yeah, but I think we'll have to get a section thirty-one. Yeah, like if they're going to do section thirty-one, though, I think they almost—I could be wrong—but it feels like they need her to be changed in some way. So whether that is like there's obviously she's reliving something with a different set of memories or a different interpretation than she normally has. Well, the that's something I was thinking about as well. Uh, is there a memory memory um, virus thing? Uh, it's in Voyager. I'm sure it's in Voyager. I'm sure Catherine. Well, implanted, some... implanted memories. Yeah. Like, well, there so, are a couple of different that... instances of implanted memories. So that's um, kind of like, um, yeah, the memory virus thing. So it could be that as well. Oh, but like, I think. Like... Oh, sorry, I was just going to say I don't believe that the Section Thirty One guy, because like, let's face it, he's a Section Thirty One guy, is completely innocent in all of this. So I wonder if actually that's what he's done, is implant his memory. It's a big extrapolation from like literally five minutes of screen time. That yeah, but like, <laughs> like, like there's clearly something. <laughs> what, are you, what, what are you thinking, okay No, well, I, just before we started, you know, we usually I, I, I had a look for a bit of news, uh, but there's some uh, there was a headline which I did click on, but there's a headline saying that an upcoming uh, Star Trek Discovery book is going to explain a lot of what's happening with uh, uh, Giorgio. Right, and that should be released round about uh, quite soon. Uh, so as soon as the, I think these episodes are going to be shown, there's a book, uh, Star Trek book, going to be released. So you know exactly what exactly has happened to her. Okay. 
I wonder if that's like a mirror Giorgio book or a prime Giorgio book because that in and of itself is quite telling as to what is happening currently. Mm. Yeah, but that that's definitely a thing that's intriguing me with the outer doubts. Um, and also, I just need to say this because I thought the Andorian dude, who I think is awesome, mm. he's just proper. Just he's he's again, he's a bit of a comic relief to a degree, but very serious. I thought he was called Rim, um, and it was only when it was only when I put on the subtitles because I had to watch it quietly because um, Alfred was asleep that I realised it was Rin. But I really like Rin. I think he's a great character. Um, I'm I'm very much enjoying him. The yeah. the actor who plays Rin is Noah Asbach Katz, and he's the husband of Mary Wiseman. Right, who plays uh, Tilly? Oh, right, okay. He's also a massive Trekkie, which is quite exciting. What's he's he also, also, just to let you guys know, he's also a big Dungeons and Dragons fan. Oh, right? he holds a weekly game with a number of the uh, the Star Trek cast. Oh, that's cool. What um, what, what did you say his name was? Uh, his name is Noah Ausback Cats. <laughs> I thought he was called Noah Ausback Cats. Smack cats. Yeah, smack cats. That's oh, an unusual name. I've never heard that name before. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely liking him without a doubt. Um, one of the other things I'm I'm I've really liked in this episode. Obviously, I was quite you know really 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 not on board with the whole thing last week, predominantly because of um, Burnham and whatever. Is is the pair is the pairings of people or the groups they're putting together. Um, which when we did we did when we did Deep Space Nine um, trials and uh, tribulations, we mentioned obviously we had Miles, you know O'Brien and Bashir and you know the the paired everyone off really well, and that's something that Star Trek has always done quite well. And I think personally for me, I love Saru and Tilly together because rather than this whole when Burnham's the ex or whatever, all this serious nonsense. She's giving him personal guidance, and it's it's a bit of humour, but there's a bit of that. But you know, there's, there's a, a sincerity there. I don't know how you guys feel about because I know there's been a bit of people sort of you know not happy about Tilly being the EXO, but I thought it was a perfect little pairing. Well, I, like I I still have fundamental like concerns about, or yeah, I, I kind of wish they hadn't done it because like in terms of like development and like character development, it's not perfect by any stretch but I like I agree with you I think it's right and I like the mix of like when they're walking down the corridor and they're having a yeah. chat about like what's going on in the other matter eh, or the ongoing matter which is which is funny like I, I think great it's well that great it oh, is yeah. and I love the fact that they're doing this thing where he's trying trying these different catchphrases that are clearly not yeah. gonna work what what would you pick for him yeah, well, yeah what, I was thinking about this the, yeah. problem, the problem with carry on kind of it doesn't work yeah. in terms of like jumping to sport, but outside of like doing something instantaneously, like carry on is very much a Saru thing. Like carry on, like just keep doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, he does well, say hard, it's hardly an order, though, is it? Here's no, order, I think, but that's, but I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, he, he always just yeah, he always does the that's his, he's like a carry on catchphrase. I quite like the yeah. execute. That was execute quite... was awful. Did you cannot hit it. Just the way he said it, that wasn't it. If, if it had put a bit more emphasis, emphasis, it put more uh, passion into it, you'd probably know. But the way he said it, execute, it yeah. just didn't come out proper. 
I well, I vote for proceed. Proceed. Yeah. That's quite, that could that's quite Suru, really, isn't it? That suits Suru. Yeah, yeah. Suru. That's quite good. I'm not sure what else you could go for. Yeah. What about yeah. what about yeah? What about what about GF GFI? You know what you know them people that do the. Uh, what do you call something when you uh, you, you put initials on it or whatever? An acronym. An acronym. You know the people that the people love an acronym. You know, GFI. Go for it, yeah. You know, like the yuppie types. Imagine Saru doing that. GFI. No, I'm. I'm nah, yeah. wouldn't work. Proceed. We're going to stick with pro- proceed. Proceed is pretty good. Yeah, proceed's good one, John. Um, you should you should uh, advise him. You should you should send a little message to Tilly. Well, I, I kind of feel like he would be an engaged person, to be really frank. But that's maybe because I see him as being quite precarity. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I just see him I, again. I love Saru. He's my new favorite captain of of any Star Trek. Um, yeah, I, I just adore him, and I, I and like I say, I just adore him and Tilly. Being... And I think, oh, sorry. No, no, that's that's, that's it. I finished saying what I'm saying, and he's so crack on. I was just gonna say that, like the other side of that is that I also really enjoyed like the kind of comfortable confidence Tilly was showing when she was like, "No, Ren, like, do you want to try that again with the respect?" Yeah. Like, it was quite nice to see she's not. Yeah, it is a big, that... it's a big character rewrite, though, isn't it? Well, not really, because we've seen her being, you know, we've seen her being having to, having to portray. The, the, herself in the mirror universe. We've seen her when she suddenly can snap to being serious. Um, you yeah, know, so what's that? that? It just I, I, makes all the, all the times when she's ditzy and stupid seem like an affectation now, doesn't it? Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, but that's that's Tilly being herself proper. But now that she's got it into her into her head that she's now leading and has to be actor. Um, with you know, with conviction and everything, she's probably thinking about what she has to say before she has to say, it. and yeah. she she doesn't just come out with the stuff that's going randomly through her head and just. It does, it's it's a hard it right. It's a hard right turn from where she was, and it just seems a little bit like, as if the right thought right bollocks. We don't want Tilly being the comedy relief. We're going to make Linus the comedy relief now, <laughs> and we're going to put Tilly in this position, and we're going to rewrite. There's like a re relaunch button again, isn't it? Well, I think it all depends on what happens in the next few episodes. Because, like, I think, you know, even people who are wacky and unpredictable can behave sensibly or or can mm. have a certain degree of gravitas when it's required. I, it's that really difficult space between allowing a character to develop and grow and ensuring consistency. And I think sometimes with Tilly, they... They, they started off in a place whereby there were lots of people who were identifying with Tilly because she was such a mess. Like, she was a delight, but she was an yeah, absolute yeah. mess. Um, and I think, like, they have moved her from there, but is that because she is more comfortable working on a starship? As in, she could only have been on Discovery for, like, a matter of weeks before we met her. Like, it was all quite quick. And now she's she is more comfortable in that role. She is more comfortable in her position. She is more comfortable in the confidence of her colleagues. Now that doesn't mean she's not then going to have a total like yeah. melt uh, at some point in the next couple of episodes. But I think it's hard. Like I, I do agree that they have definitely moved her on, and they have definitely like we've got in the same way that we've got other scientists working with Stamets, and therefore she's not really needed in that space. Mm. And what do you think's okay? I'm just going to say. 
the the fact that Tilly House moved on, if you're put, put in a position, as I said, you've put in a position where you've got authority now, right? You are going to change the way you interact with everybody else, right? So, like, for an example, I've got a colleague at work who's a bit of a pothead, is messes around, does everything. It's just, just a lot of fun to be around. Then he was made a gaffer. He's made a manager of the area, right? and all of a sudden he's just changed. And he just and he did that overnight. So it can be done. There are there are examples. You can just change quickly because you know you're in a position uh, where you have people are looking for you for leadership, and you can't be just you know a bit wacky with ditzy. You've got to you've got to be showing that you can lead these people. Can take them, you know, show them what you got to do and all this stuff. So I can understand Tilly. Uh, and her character change quite drastically in this this episode uh, it's because she's now in that position of authority she's now in charge she's looking after these people and she will do the best that she can and I think arguably like there have always been characters in Trek where they they change their role like over a course of time because they realise that there are holes that need filled or for whatever plot it's one episode made. like isn't it it's one episode yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll see. Like, yeah. I, I think there's t- there's time to go. Like, I, I, yeah. it's like it's like Detmer. I don't. I get the suspect the suspicion that they've decided, oh, we can't be after that plot line. We're just gonna give her some something kick-ass to do, and she's fine. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's, she's, she seems a bit weird. She's, well, like. she's, the, she's the macho kick-ass thing now, which I quite like. I'm I'm liking seeing. I'm, I'm loving seeing more of the crew. You know, doing stuff. Uh, and, it, uh, and I did. I think it's. I look at it slightly different, John, as in a bit, a bit more like, oh, I'm in, just enjoying it in the moment. I've not really thought about the previous. I'm just enjoying the characters and and the way they're sort of doing it. Really. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. Well, yeah, I, think I can't really. I'm yeah. watching it as a whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. With, and this is the challenge. So, like with Detmer, in some ways, I was really glad that we like they didn't do a one and done which we kind of thought they might do at one stage. Um, they have they have given her an arc. Now, I agree that if she's now magically fixed, that will be slightly frustrating. Um, but at least there was a character arc for a secondary character. Mm. Like, I think if we go back and look at, like, season one, there was, like, unless it was, oh, actually, I'm a Klingon in disguise, there wasn't much of a kind of arc any of the like kind of secondary or possibly even tertiary characters depending on how you look at it um, yeah. so I, like, I'm glad that there was some progress but yes as with all things I would like no reset buttons and like you know this to pop back up again later in the season or something absolutely right let's have a little break it's time for um, what's it called again <laughs> backtrack yourself <laughs> So, this is where we ask one of our hosts to give us three statements about themselves, and we have to guess which is false. Uh, and it's John's turn this week. Do you want to furnish us with the statements, please, my friend? All right. Uh, number one, I once fell into the docks at Amsterdam and got lost underneath the, the pontoons and jetties. <laughs> I was once caught speeding at 118 miles an hour on the A1. And finally, I was certified as a competent crewman with the Royal Yachting Association. I'm going to go yachting. It's false. 
Yeah, because John used to work at a motel uh, on night as a night porter. Um, I can imagine him fucking just blazing down the A1 or whatever, 118 mile an hour. Um, and the first one, what was the first one? Just explain the first one again. I once me. fell into the docks at Amsterdam and got lost underneath the pontoons and jetties. <laughs> I just think that was fucking brilliant. Um, you see, I just, I'm, I really I'm hope thinking it's true. that if the Royal Yachting one is true, if we accept that it is, the, the Amsterdam one could be true, but not in Amsterdam. In, in fact, the same way, the speedy one could be true for no, any no, other road. In, so. fact, in, fact, in fact, I'm just thinking about this now. If you you lose your license, don't you? If you go over 100 miles now, and I've I've never known John lose his license. So. I do not know the driving regs well enough to know if that yeah. is. Yeah. See, I would have gone for one of the two uh, water-related ones because John is a home person. He's told me a number of times he doesn't want to go out to meet, you know, be outdoors at all. He's quite happy pottering around at home, but then he's going to put two facts, which are outdoor ones. Mm. So that sort of uh, stumped me. So I'm going to go for the speeding one. Yeah, I'm thinking speeding. I'm not sure he's going to do 118 mile an hour. I think speeding because you lose your license over 100 mile an hour. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you think? What do you think? I am happy to go with the consensus, gentlemen. Right, we'll go with speeding, John. Yeah, that is the incorrect one because I wasn't actually caught. (laughs) Ah, yeah. They They let. They let me off. Uh, I I name-dropped a couple of important police people and I got away with (laughs) excess speed. Amazing! Because 100 man, I was like, fucking... Yeah, I know, I should have lost my licence straight away. But I got three points and 40 quid fine, that's all it was. Here is the the important question. Have you ever travelled at that speed again since? No, no, never. I'm a sensible driver. I just got a brand new car. And I'm like 22 year old or something. Oh right, right, yeah. I just thought, well, I've got to test it. I was driving back from my brother's at uni at Sunderland. I thought I'm just going to see how fast it goes. It's like half eleven at night. Yeah. There's nobody on the road. I got up to that speed and then slowed down, and suddenly there's police cars everywhere. <laughs> it's right, not so <laughs> Go on, then. I'm just going to say. So the other two facts. Explain yeah. them. Yeah, true. Uh, I, w- I once fell into the docks in Amsterdam and got lost underneath the pontoons and jetties. Is accurate? That happened. How old were you? Uh, I'd have been about fourteen or fifteen, and we well, were just we were a at- traumatic experience. It was a traumatic experience, especially as we were trying to get to the train station because <laughs> we were we'd finished on the boat and uh, we had a train to catch. And I fell in and had to strip naked and, and, and in front of everybody and get dried <laughs> off really quickly. It was traumatic, yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, The yachting thing. I I, I had no idea about the yachting thing. I've I've got somewhere, I've got a Royal Yachting Association competent crewman certificate. Oh. I got when I was about 12 or 13. I was about to say, was that a school thing? That feels like a school thing. No, it wasn't school. It was a a holiday thing. My dad liked taking us on yachting holidays. Ah. Or cruising holidays and stuff, so we did that. I love that. I love. I love that. We, that we once went to like a friend's of a friend's yacht in the Highlands, and I seem to like Hang went on. out on a walk. In the Highlands, that's not yeah. where the water is. is well, it? there's quite a lot of locks in Scotland. I don't know if you All like right. know. All right. <laughs> hey. Yeah, it was on one of the locks, um, and we went out for like a sail. It was very exciting. Thank you. T- tell you what, t- t- talking to yachts, I I once spent the night on Eddie 
Jordan's yacht in uh, Monaco Harbour because uh, I was on tour over there and and he it was it was a party for him and he said lads do you want to go and stay on my yacht we were like yeah and it was great um, so yeah that's uh, my yacht story so I can never use that now as a fat trap myself that was great well, that, but that you have great. told me that before so I don't yeah, remember yeah it's true yeah it's true but uh, yeah, that was great John brilliant thank you very much indeed that was class um, anyway let's get on with this review so before we uh, before our little interlude I was talking about pairings and so what what what, what me personally I'm, I'm loving this Saru and Tilly relationship and I really really like Burnham when she's with Buck um I don't know why. Like, because she did many last week, and this week I just really liked her again. And, and I don't know if it's because of Buck or because it was more of a team effort all round, you know, crew effort. Um, but I just think it's probably that though. It's probably more. Yeah. That it's not so Michael centric. Yeah, it was just it was just nice. I quite like them doing whatever. Uh, Talking of teams. Yeah, I think the Culber and Stamets like. Adoptive parents for a dear yeah, is really, 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 really nice. I've got that down yeah. in my notes. I fucking love that, and I love the little, um, you know, they them thing. As well, well, I like that. I like that they basically demoed it for a, for a couple of lines, so we can understand how it's supposed to be used in a conversation. Yeah, because for a lot of people, realistically, for a lot of people, it's not it's not logical to do that. Yeah, the idea of a singular they them is totally beyond comprehension. Yeah, it's, it's the plurality of it that really does my nutting. So, uh, but yeah, but that was really nice to see all that sort of stuff. It was cool, cause it, it, it was so applicable. Obviously, you know, look, a bit, you know, being true and having everything. I just thought it was great. I thought that was a good. Uh, yeah, I love that relationship that, that between the three of them. Well, and I think they did it quite nicely, which was this is not something that has solely come from the Trilson bit because she said that this is something that she had already spoken to Gray about. Sorry, they said they'd already spoken to Gray about. And when it was then, when it came up, I think Stamets kind of, okay, was the key factor, which mm. is that this is not an issue, it's just a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, and like you say, they then do demonstrate the use the use of it and it works quite nicely um yeah i totally agree uh, unsurprisingly I, I love it i love i think culper had another really strong episode um, yeah, and i absolutely. love the way that they're building that relationship with those little kind of insights and data and we can argue that we're not seeing as much of that with other characters and that kind of the the kind of the downtime although we got some time in the mess hall again today or in, in this episode which is great um, but one of the other, so I, I love like the, the bit right at the start where Culver's at his giant medical desk, which is a ridiculous but also awesome. Um, and I quite like the fact that he's happy to just like face up to Giorgio and be like, oh, "I don't yeah. need to scare you because yeah, yeah. you're already clearly terrified." But when she's like, oh, "I'm gonna poison," if like you had children, I would poison them. And he's like, "If I had time, I would have children." And, <laughs> But the, the combination of that and then the conversation about pride looks really well on you, like that kind of thing makes me think that they're also leaving the door open for the fact that that could become a family, perhaps on a book, perhaps three seasons down the line, perhaps when they appear in a crossover series. But like, I, I quite like all those kind of three-dimensional elements to the fact that they're not a static relationship. Mm. So I enjoyed that too. No, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I've got a bit of headcanon when Lizzie just says about the giant table. Right, uh, 
the the the, the federation future they can they can blink things in, into existence can't they with all this uh, technology that they've got mm. right, so when Giorgio walks in so Corbin decides he's going to have a massive table and puts it there so but any other patient that comes in it's just going to be an average sized table right so it's just to show his power over uh, Georgia. That's what he, that's what that is, I think. My little it's a mark of dominance. This is my giant he's, he's dominating the woman. I don't know whether I should say that or not. <laughs> <laughs> but he did but Colbert does it so well, like as in just with anyone. You know when Stamets is being like stupid or someone's doing daft stuff, uh, you know, because I want to get on my job, and he's just so funny and dry. We like the way the, the way he sort of says, "No, you're not," and all that kind of thing. Well, if we think... take it back to the first time that we met him, like we met him before we knew, sort of, knew who he was, and he was busy like arguing against Stamets. He's like, "Nope, you're wrong. You can't do that. That's ridiculous." Mm. And then it became, if you do that, I'm going to divorce you. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you know, I mean, I think the strength in the independence is really good. Now we can also argue that his arc was abruptly shut off once he got inverted commas fixed. Um, but I am enjoying, I am enjoying him as a character, and I'm enjoying the way they're using him. Um, so if we go back to that scene in the medical bay, can we just discuss how tiny Michelle Yo is? Like so tiny, like when they put her in that ridiculous suit, oh, and I was like, suit, yeah, there, that's awesome. Like, you, you look like a little doll. You like, she's just tiny. Have you ever, ever watched uh, everything you need to know about everything you wanted to know about sex, but we're afraid no. to ask? No, no, the uh, Woody no. Allen film. Yeah, the Woody Allen film. Yeah, that does a... not sound like a combination of things that I would ever want to see. Woody <laughs> well, Allen in a film fuck... about sex doesn't. Can't strike. fucking help you then, can I? <laughs> historically, <laughs> historically, you might have watched it in the past. All I'm yeah. saying, but uh, yeah. Facts. But it was. In any case. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a. It, it wasn't a very uh, uh, sort of sexy suit, was it? Series. Uh... Um, the story. So it kicks off, obviously. They've got the they got the the information um, from Navarre uh, from the last last time, um, which is now combined with the with the black box um, that Burnham's got. So they're discovering more about the burn, um, and now we're going now the uh, the Orions um, are becoming more prominent with this chain kind of thing, which reminds me a little bit of like some sort of. Talshia, Romulan conspiracy, sort of. I don't know. I mean, I think they're. The, I think they're the big bad to a degree. Um, whether they've got anything to do with the burn or whatever, I don't know. But um, I quite liked. I quite like the fact she just basically killed the nephew with a transworm. So she you know, she means like, business. She looked a little bit like the Wicked Witch of the West as well. Yes, I thought that. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um, the actress again, sorry, but the the actress who plays is Janet Kidder, who's the niece of Margot Kidder, who played uh, Lois Lane in the uh, Superman films. Really, the original, yeah, super, uh, Christopher Reeve Superman films. Uh, he's good at this, isn't he? He's good at all this. Well, this is only my little bit of research that I've done, so you ain't gonna hear from me for the rest of this episode. <laughs> but I, I, but I mean, there was some some great space battles and all that as well. Um, but obviously we go down to the the, the planet with with Buck and, the, and his brother, um, and it's it's just beautiful. All these little, you know, 
what other cabin we can't with the called um whatever they are locus space locus space locus and all that kind of thing um and it's just uh, i find this really quite a, a lovely little intriguing and very star trekky planet episode kind of thing um and the rebuilding of the relationship with book 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 and his brother i don't know what what yeah how you guys felt about all that or no, I, I, the two, two actors just didn't. Honestly, it looked like two actors that had just met each other the day before and they had nothing in common whatsoever. And I relationship between the two of them. Uh, I just the two. I don't know what it was. I kept watching it. I kept looking at it, and I, the, the pair of them just didn't seem to gel. I know they were fighting for the first few minutes, but then they had them little little scenes at the end of the move, at the end of the episode, where yeah. they're supposed to work out their feelings and come together. And it just didn't seem to gel. I didn't I didn't I just didn't like the relationship at all. I no. don't know. What what do you guys think? I mean, I, I enjoyed it, um, and I particularly, to be honest with you, just just actually did a little distraction, I particularly enjoyed the, the fact that this mission was a mission for the Federation and Starfleet. So when Buck had heard, you know, about the issues on, on his planet, that they'd all gone, you know, to see the Admiral, and it was something that was like, because we seem to have had a lot of just fucking missions that they shouldn't be on, and this was a proper sort of kind of mission you know, with everyone. Um, but no, I, I, I kind of know what you mean, Suki, um, about it, but I don't know. It was, it was a very, it was just a very beautiful I, planet. Okay, I, I think I know one of the reasons why I think it is, is because these pair of spouses have grown together, grown up together. They call each other brother, right? And But they see, they've got two different languages, uh, two different uh, accents. So that, that didn't sort of, so you got an English-speaking one, a Spanish-speaking one. And they're supposed to be brothers. And I was thinking they would have had a, a common language or a mm. common accent between them. And it just, that's probably what put me off and thinking there's no relationship there. Mm, true, true. Um, Lindsay's Mew, don't tell her. 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 You're all so. Um, <laughs> I think it's. Like, it's hard to play close but estranged. But I agree that it was... And I don't know if it's because it was quite perfunctory in terms of what we needed for plot that we got from those guys. Like, it did feel a little bit like there had maybe been more to that storyline that had not quite made it into the final cut of the episode. And particularly given it was short, we we maybe could have had a little bit more about what that looked like. So we got enough to understand that... The f- like somebody had made an agreement back in the day that Booker didn't agree with, so therefore he had left, and his brother had ended up like taking over the like the what, and it like yeah, it's just complicated. Like I have questions though about are they the only two empaths on the entire planet? Like clearly this isn't a gift that everybody has. But no, no, yeah, were, weren't there any more? Like, had they tried to like get all of the empaths together to see how they could get on? Could they like they shepherd the things? Like, so like there were questions, and obviously at the end, what we got was a science fluff to solve the problem because they wanted to solve the problem. But that's okay. Like, that's okay. Um, it wasn't my favorite bit of the episode, but you're right. The planet was absolutely stunning. Yeah. The autumnal woodland planet is what I have it down as. Yes, that's Quijan. I think is its official name. But it's nice to see a different. They've done a really good job of showing us different vistas. I think. 
no, no. I think. I mean, I don't know if that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of done thing now or or, or whatever. Um, but I do like the fact when you know, obviously, the made friends and whatever. But I, I'm liking the fact that Book seems quite keen to join the Federation. Well, um, as an empath on the ship, it'd be nice for a sort of like Deanna Troy kind of position. Yeah, maybe getting one of the cat suits with his chest out. Think Lindsay would like that because she's sexist. <laughs> Yeah, to be perfectly frank, I was busy going. I would, I would happily take him in an actual uniform. Phrasing, I would happily take him in an actual uniform. <laughs> 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 I mean, I would be happy to see him on the show in a uniform. However, if he was in my bed, I wouldn't kick him out. Well, um, oh, wow. <laughs> 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 I just woke up and magically found him there, you know. You wouldn't have it's checked, like, it's, it's, like, it's like with uh, women's attitudes to men are somewhat still in the 70s while we've all moved on because yeah. we're not allowed to anymore. You know what? It's really interesting because, like, I I do fundamentally believe that we shouldn't objectify men because we don't think that men should be objectifying us. And yes, the power dynamic is slightly different, but we shouldn't be doing it. And yeah, it's still really hard sometimes not to acknowledge that somebody is very really physically attractive. Yeah, yeah, that was bottom. There you go. Oh, right, um, this is something completely off. Oh, what's an episode called the unicorn? Oh, episode of a show called the Unicorn a couple of days ago, and this the guy has been perved on by a group of women in the episode and as he walks away he's enjoying it as he walks away and he's just wiggling his bottom at him now if this was done with a woman right how how much would an uproar would it be called? it was in the 70s and 80s though wasn't it that's the thing yeah but this, this was an episode 30 been, years, 30 years like, behind two days ago well like I, I, I we can get into this but it is it, like it's it's messy and complicated like the power dynamics within relationships between genders and within society means that it's not the same thing that doesn't mean it's a good thing and i'm not suggesting that we should and i certainly think like i, I have some friends lindsay who, lindsay lindsay try to justify yourself i call i call bullshit yeah. quick, quick question uh what's happened to gray why is gray suddenly abandoned adira uh, i don't yeah. know actually because I mean, there's nothing. There's been nothing that's led up to that, has no, there? No, no, nothing at all. No. Well, again, this episode is a little bit, uh, a little bit weird because it does. I do feel like bits of other episodes have been shoved in here. Like the Giorgio part could have really been in last week's episode. It's just I think something's weird going on with editing. They may put put Giorgio's episode in here because they want to keep her in the limelight. Mm. And, uh, so that way they contract. But I think the 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 gravy is maybe because. Adira is forming a relationship with both Stamets and Culver, right? And they, uh, Gray is sort of being left out and decides doesn't really want to talk to them. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we don't, but we don't really understand what that was in the first instance because there's no precedence for like a real kind of corporeal companionship from previous hosts. Like we know that there's memories and there's feelings and there's like friendships and stuff that survive the the transfer of the symbiote but we've never seen anything like this before and i wonder if it's just settling like i wonder if some of that is just things kind of writing themselves out um which would be sad because like if, if gray is just a character we're no longer going to see but it's interesting i honestly don't know i don't know like i can see them playing well, well, it like that but well they made they made so much they made so much of her, uh, his appearance in the show so i can't see them getting rid I, no. there's got no. to be something more to it than just he's becoming 
um, a part of one of uh, one of their sort of trill pasts. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Ian, Ian Alexander, the, the actor who plays Grey, is going to be back, right? So that's been confirmed. So you will be seeing him again either this season or next. Yeah. Oh, we'll wait and find out. Oh, my God. Oh, it's a black alert. That means quick fire. Uh, so I'm going to come to you first, John, for your final comments, please, my friend. Oh, right. Um, proceed. Okay, I, I got that out. Um, proceed. <laughs> uh, fucking cello. I've already talked about that. Oh, be great. And Rin, I like the idea because, I mean, we've had on previous Star Trek shows... Um, locals of the area specifically Voyager I'm thinking of Kez and things like that where yes where no, the Neelix really effect <laughs> well I don't know but I like, I like the idea of like one who's like local to the environment being part of the crew now yeah uh, and being able to guide them like he did exclusively on this one with Detmer who knows the kind of ins and outs of this world this sort of world that they're in uh, could could uh, Giorgio have a memory virus I've written Osira is burning hecopates of land, hecopates, the Bajoran unit of land area that uh, Cisco yeah. bought twelve hecopates of land on, on Bajoran. Yeah. So I thought that was, uh, I thought I was, uh, I don't know whether it's weird. I mean, but why would their unit of measurement for the Orions be the same as the Bajorans? Seems weird. Uh, and Rin, Rin was talking about the Federation being known for being deceitful, and that the chain are running out of dilithium. So. Yeah, so I'm thinking that like there's, there's still quite a way to go. Oh, yeah, the, definitely. The, the Bajoran thing wasn't there a Bajoran in captive, capt, um, captive, yeah, captivity. Captain America. No, sure. No, no, no. no <laughs> in captivity <laughs> on the planet in the last episode, the one that got uh, his head yeah. blown up. Yeah, potentially. I just don't know. I th I've got no idea in my head of like the lo where locations of everything are. They're yeah. just like ah uh, ah. Uh, certain planets or regions close well, well, or... the, because of this dialistic thing there is this obviously d d different sections of the chain federation all these parts that are, uh, you know uh, Navarre it, it, they're all distrusting it because you can't just get there and you can't just communicate and it's not about what it was what it was previously um, and I find that I find that quite interesting and the fact that their discoveries come you know from that era and it's trying to repair it. I think that's, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a great sort of thing. I'm thinking. Um, is that your tank empty, John? Have you got? Uh, I've only got one, and it's it says Sea Locusts look cool. Book is yeah. Doctor Doolittle impression is nice. <laughs> Talking to the animals, that's nice. Uh, and uh, I thought it was quite interesting when he got in a sort of squaring up with his, uh, with his Spanish brother. How both of their sort of like head forehead things happened while they were squaring up, like it's an aggression thing as well. So I wonder what that's about. So we'll see. They had, I tell you what, that I love their guns. The uh, the guns they had, like the the, the the shot like arrows out of them, but they just look super cool, wooden mm. sort of western guns. Uh, cheers, John. Uh, Lindsay. Hello. Um, so the Verubin Nebula was something that I'm like, have we heard about this before? I feel like we should maybe have heard about this before, but we had not, as far as I can tell. Damn um, it, I had one. I had a note for that. Sorry. Oh, uh, would you like sorry, to add it in no, now? No, if you don't mind, just because I got excited um, about all the other stuff. Uh, 
Um, it might be quite interesting that uh, a nebula in which there is a Federation distress signal. Where have we seen a nebula before with a star, uh, with a, a Federation vessel that's been in it for nine hundred and thirty for a thousand years? Yeah, and that that's eclipse or shock right? Yeah. Well, so I, I wonder. Calypso. I wonder if there's a if somehow the eclipse was been sent back and has have to wait something to do with Georgia. Uh, been having to go back in time or something. I don't know. That would explain why it's designed differently as well. Anyway, that's it. Carry on. Sorry. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Oh, go oh, ahead, Suki. Suki's got a piece of it over your. Oh well, just uh, about the clips. The, the, uh, the Calypso episode. Maybe that is the mirror universe, mirror universe version of a uh, discovery. Oh, right, and that's been left there for a thousand years. Because remember, this version, our version of discovery, has been refitted. It's had the A added to it. Right to designate whatever the ship is, whereas the one that was shown in Calypso hasn't, and it hasn't been refitted. So therefore, it might just be the Mirror Universe version, and that's been left there for no, a while. Oh, because then it would have ISS, wouldn't it, rather than USS? And it'd be covered in Terran symbols, wouldn't it? Oh, okay. Maybe the scented Alba. Oh, I'm just there. Maybe the scented Alba in disguise. But yeah. it's still been there for a thousand yeah, it's years. A good, it's, it's a good theory. I mean, it's wrong, but it's a good theory. You know theory. what we haven't heard about for a while? <laughs> the crazy computer lady. Oh, um, yeah. So, I, like, I, right. like, there has been, like, there is some interesting chat about is there two discoveries? Like, what's happened? Has one of them been sitting in a nebula for 900 years? Did two mm. of them get flung into the future? Are there two whole crews? Mm. That could be quite exciting. Um, is one of them car- captained by Prime Orca? Um, <laughs> Fingers crossed, I think, for Andrew yeah. and everyone, really. <laughs> you never know, you never know. Um, so, yes, um, I quite enjoyed That's Weird, scientifically speaking. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that we Saru's extra special spider senses, or Kelpian senses more accurately, uh, kind of came in. Like, he was obviously seeing and hearing something that the rest of them weren't, and therefore helped them, like, narrow it. Like, I'm sure they would have got there eventually. Yeah. Um, but I quite like that in the same way that like Jordi always saw things differently it's good that we haven't just forgotten that he's got a different kind of spectral um, spectral is that what I mean? a spectrum of vision and hearing I'm not loving the um, Quijan like natural dress it looked a bit like they were all in their dressing gowns I was going to say actually yeah it looked like, yeah, it did look like the planet of the dressing gown people it's kind it feels a little like I suspect that Gersha Phillips created like an entire world's worth of, of costuming and has then yeah. had to create a 32nd century equivalent world of costuming and I'm not loving quite a lot of it I'm afraid um, but then again it's just a thing in the same way that there has been lots of chat about the fact that the Discovery crew are still wearing their own uniforms and haven't like updated to whatever is the Federation standard um, or the Starfleet standard of the day, but I don't really like the Starfleet standard of the day, so I'm not really all that yeah, sad about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I was going to say I like this Discovery uniform; it's cool. Um, so yeah, I um, a couple of other things. So when um, <clears throat> Giorgio is having her episode while she is wearing the spermicidal suit or whatever we're calling it, spermicidal. Um, <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm a child. She has. Um, there was a lot of very intense medical chat like very intense medical chat even I was like you guys are very intense and very shouty and it's all very immediate and urgent uh, sorry I feel like I'm wearing a bracelet and I'm shaking my hand at my microphone that's not really going to help anything <laughs> single um, jack it's Christmas 
you go Jago. Um, because I haven't had it on in like nine months. I forget that I like I now make a noise you got, when I you move. Got a, you got a jingle jangly going on. I have indeed. Um, the twenty-first century. Sorry, uh, the bouncing the signals around seems like a very twenty-first century security feature. If it works, it works, I suppose. <laughs> uh, when uh, Rin, Rin, and uh, Raj, we haven't spoken about yet, which was quite enjoyable. Um, and <laughs> when he goes, "What's that? Not what's that noise he's making?" Made me think of John. Uh, like, <laughs> what is that noise that's making? <laughs> oh, the cat! Bless yes. it. The what cat noises. Is- I loved his fa- I loved his face when cat jumped, jumped on his lap like fucking shit himself. It was well. You're not used to cats. I have been woken up by a cat in the middle of the night, and it was terrifying. Uh, um, the ad breaks are sometimes really like they just feel really odd now. The CBS show ads when they air it. No, I don't know. I should have CBS thought so. all access. It sounds. Well, I know, but it's, it's only so maybe they're yeah, still no. putting. CBS All Access is uh, they're showing it all in one go, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it's only when uh, they show it on uh, when they sell it to other stations. That's when they put the advert breaks in. So it seems like this really odd contradiction that they're clearly putting ad breaks in, cases for ad breaks, but they're running them at any length they fancy. Like that. Yeah. Anyway, never mind. Um, I, I it's a ruse moment when he's like, ah. Oh, you appear to have sustained some damage. Allow us to be of assistance. <laughs> I thought it was priceless. Very smug. Oh, yeah, there was a smug moment there. So Asira, like I said before, that I felt like Asira was being built as, up as somebody we were going to recognise, either like as a character or maybe just as an actor, because you know how like we love to reuse people. Um, and it could have been like Mero Chifo or someone. Um, but we we didn't, despite the fact that it felt like she got a reveal. Like I felt like she got a reveal this week. And then I looked at her, I was like, I don't recognise you. And also, I think that like, she was very easily defeated, wasn't she? That ship of theirs. Well, uh, what did she wait at the end when she said, well, obviously, when the word defeated, she tough. was like, well, I was going to say, she said, it was like, we were back again in full force, you know, because of this chain, whatever, I want to say the chain gang, but, but you're right. <laughs> as soon as she says, the cha- like, you know, you will be forced to pay by the chain or whatever, all yeah. I heard was Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, me too. Me too, yeah. It took you didn't know. No, I don't, I don't, they just went straight out of my head, that dude. <laughs> it's a combination of growing up in a house where oh. Formula One was watched regularly and having a dad who had rumours on LP. Oh, one of the greatest albums of all time. It is, I agree. I'm a big fan. I, like, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I do like rumours. Um... I, I, I like the idea of book on, D, on Discovery with a uh, uniform. Um, I enjoyed later <laughs> gents. Uh, like, it's a thing I say, which amuses me greatly, that it is now a quote. Um, and the board certified comment at the end, like when um, when Stamets and Culber are just having their banter, um, and Culber's like, is that a medical opinion or whatever? Or is that your professional opinion? And Stamets, uh, no, Culber is like, board certified it just amused me to think that in, like the 22nd century or whatever there's still like medical boards that people have to get signed off by um so well, a, that, sick, a sick note in the future not. anybody can just do whatever they want with medicine my latest fanfic foray has been i have like a little series of uh, one shots and i have now got a thing about uh Culber sitting his medical board exams. Have I already qualified because medics are weird like that? 
Is that the is that the tank empty, Linz? Yes, thank you. <laughs> anyway, first time of asking. <laughs> anyway, as we know, it's it is always cold in space, so I, I, I'm sure we all want to get warmed up. Um, and because we don't have any uh, technical helpers this week, and I've actually all issued with a uh, personal transporter device, like in Discovery, we're all going to beam down to Sucky's house to get his final comments. Hello there, it's Sucky here from Wolverhampton. Yeah, I do the podcast and that, don't I? I'm getting on a bit of age, so I'm going to have a sit down by my open fire. I tell you what, there's now that warms the bones right through. Like an open fire. So I invite you all now to beam down with me to my open fire. Get your bones warmed right through. I'll tell you some tales and you can, you can sucky on this. Oh, Sucky, I love this. Your house is just beautiful. The open fire is just a stunner. Um, you know, it just takes the edge off after being in space for so long. So let's all have a sit down, chill out, and uh, and just you tell us your final comments, my friend. Um, Just keep it down, will you? I'm trying to watch the football. <laughs> I can't tell if he's actually telling us the truth or not, but given the frequency with which he and John keep vanishing, I suspect <laughs> I know, yeah. it's the truth. <laughs> it's happening again, Linz. It's happening again. Well, I'm just not important enough to hold their attention, what can I say? <laughs> well... I'm not saying anything like that. I was just the football's on. But no, uh, most of the things have been said already. Uh, I did like uh, Giorgio in a little uniform that she had. Uh, not uniform, a little white uh, medical outfit that she had to wear. Uh, I did also like the fact that she was arguing that she weren't basically worse than going to go under. And then all of a sudden she just went. Because I thought it was going to be like, sort of dragged out for a comedy moment. But it turned out to be a very, very quick comedy moment. Uh, I liked... Uh, Detma actually using her skills to destroy the ship and that was due to Rin being on the ship with her and showing her where exactly the, the Emerald Chain uh, vessel was going to be most vulnerable and that was, that was a, a great little thing um, and also Detma you see Detma at the, uh, I think just, just before that sort of scene she's setting up her con- uh, console in front of her on Discovery just in case there's any fails so that PTSD I have a feeling it will kick in again right but she's put these uh, things into place on her console which will intuitively help her uh, make any decisions without her having to uh, uh, freeze or anything so that might be there uh, I do like the fact that it's a federation ship that might have been the cause of uh, the the burn and it was just, we're not exactly sure why, how, or what, but it looks like the Federation will be responsible. Um, and Emerald Chain is running out of uh, Dilithium, right? I thought Dilithium would have been outlawed because it destroyed all the ships in one go. Did it just destroy Federation ships only, or did it destroy everything? Mm. It seems to have like in, destroyed everything that had like an engine that was on at the time. Like that seems to have been the because they obviously salvaged some Federation ships. It's just yeah, very few of them didn't yeah, have their warp core engaged or warp drive yeah, engaged. If, if the warp core was engaged, that's the ones that got, that were destroyed, I believe. So it's, the burn happened at a single time, didn't it? It's not yeah. continually happening. 
Yeah, you know, it happened once and it happened 150 years ago. So. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, did he destroy every single ship that had dilithium, or did he only destroy Federation ships that had dilithium? Uh, is that why the Emerald Chain is still using dilithium, whereas the Federation is The Emerald Chain's been using dilithium for couriers for the last... That's the first episodes. So they, there is a supply. They're just running out like everybody else is, just trying to get hold of it. It's, hard, it's like a, a rare resource now, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. They do seem, it's not that they've decided it's unsafe, which arguably you could say it is, but that doesn't seem to be the case. You do. It's okay. Yes, not much mate. left. Not much left. No, no, we've got about 45 minutes this off, and then there's a 45 minute second off. That sandwich is left. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. No, I haven't got that much now. That's it. That's it, guys. Perfect. Can you get out? Yeah, thank you very much. That's. Let's all use our personal transporters and beam the hell out of here because it's time to put some lights out of five on this. How many lights you see? Four lights! I asked how many lights you see. Lights out of five. Um, I'm going to come to you first, John. Give me your lights, please, my friend. Uh, uh, it, was, it was better than last week and I gave last yes. week a four mostly out of sympathy. Um... <laughs> So I'm going to go for four lights again. Four again. Lovely. Uh, Lindsay, how about you? Um, Yeah, I'm going to go for a four, I think. Yeah, yeah. pretty solid. Strong. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Sucky? I gave last week three and a half, and this is better than last week, so I'm going to give four as well. Well, I think we've got a full house this week, because I am on a four as well. Really, <coughs> really enjoyed it. It was a nice crew star trek kind of episode so yeah no it was a it was a good one it was a good one anyway enough what we think let's find out what you think in listeners feedback Let's find out what you think in uh, listeners' feedback. I'll go first. I've got Simon Britton. Uh, he says, um, uh, thought it was another good episode. Mid-season story builder getting to the to the reason for the burn. Emerald Chain are the new Romulans. Uh, John? Ship's Deep Dive says, great episode, fantastic directing. Had the whole team working and carrying out the UN peacekeeping mission. This is back to the trick I love. Four out of five lights. Ship's Joe's on the four as well. Uh, Lindsay? Uh, so I've got Mark Atkinson. Um, well, it was better than last week. I still have a strange disconnect with Discovery that I can't quite put my finger on. I don't know why, but I tend to feel I'm not enjoying it half as much as I should be. But I like the blue guy. Seven out of ten from me. Ooh, sucky. We've got Jack McMurrow, and they put uh, strangely after loving Unification three last week. I found this week's episode a bit very filler. I think apart from Adira's pronouns, something I hope will be seen as eventually is groundbreaking for today's TV, as the original series is Trek featuring an interracial kiss in the era of Jim Crow. This episode felt very much like the calm before the final arc of season three. As a cast owner, I can tell all that uh, grudge suddenly jumping up from a cuddle at exactly the most inopportune moment is absolutely likely, like like that, absolutely likely like night following day. Uh, good cat grudge. 
seriously, I do get cats being a part of the family, like book claims. It extends to any pet, any pet, to the point where I say, yeah, anyone would. After watching the first John Wick, um, overall, perhaps the weakest episode of the season, but I felt the remaining few episodes will be a DS9 style arc, even if this was a seemingly filler episode. Midnight's Edge still go F your perpetual doom and gloom. I'll give it three and a half Sir Patrick Stewart eating my hula hoops out of five. <laughs> Definitely worth your time, but don't expect free beer on tap level brilliance like in Unification 3. If, cheers, if, Jack. If, cheers, Jack. If Patrick Stewart stole my, my hula hoops, we'd, we'd, have a, we'd have a bit of fisticuffs. Well, uh, depends got, on what kind of hula hoops they are. Like, all, all hula hoops are amazing. All hula hoops. Uh, Salt are excellent. Cheese and onion and barbecue plain, can go... All of them. All of them, all of them are amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we got here. Sorry, yeah, yeah. James M. Uh, James M. Dowie. I enjoyed this episode uh, just as I've enjoyed all of season three so far. I really enjoyed this scene uh, with Detmer piloting Buck's ship. Hopefully, we'll get more of uh, from her throughout the season. Uh, Adira's coming out scene was touching, but disappointed uh, with with what we've seen or not seen of Grey. Um, back to you, John. Gary Russell says, haven't bothered watching it. Doubt I will watch any more of this series. Sorry, uh, guys. Thanks, I said, there's no Gary. Oh, well, I, yeah. I, 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 I put a reply and said, I, I said, watch this one. I think, you know, you might like it because it, it might be more up his street with it being a, a crew a crew sort of adventure. Uh, Lindsay? Um, so I have Joshua Dybalt. Another super episode. Watching this one really made me appreciate how far Star Trek has come since I watched the original series in the 70s as a kid especially hearing those same sound effects popping up. And wow, those Andorians have come a long way since their dancing days. Truly magnificent, as always. Four out of five lights. Lovely. Thanks a lot, Josh. Cheers, mate. Uh, it's okay. We've got Bruce Wayne, The Sanctuary, a definite improvement on the previous episode and a turn in the right direction. Last week... Last week, you unfairly labelled feedback as being negative because it was a talky episode. It's more about when it's completely Burnham-centric and we have to watch her brass her way through space as action alone certainly does automatically make a great episode. Disagree. This was, this was different because whilst Burnham was central, it wasn't all about her. Other characters made big contributions, not least a great interplay between uh, between Colbert, Giorgio, and Detmer showing she's a great hands-on partner with more to her flying than just pressing buttons. The attempt to inject a little humour via the funny side story of Saru trying to pick his special captain's command was a bit painful and akin to watching a new stand-up at an open mic session or listening to Bob's comedy stylings. <laughs> However, the episode was heavier on both content and info whilst keeping the story moving at a better pace. We also got to meet the new big bad for the series, who seemingly has an addiction to plastic surgery that even Katie Price would shy away from. All in all, a much more enjoyable and hopefully a sign of things to come for the next two-parter. Four suitably Christmas-like fairy lights from, uh, from five. Cheers, Excellent. Bruce. Why, Cheers. Why, why, why do you disagree, Linz? Because I don't think action automatically makes a good episode. No, I think I, may, I think you maybe forget to add the NT at the end. I think you meant it doesn't make a great episode. Oh. I think it's a typo, oh. I reckon. Oh. Well, in any case, well, I don't know. that's fine. I'm sure you'll confirm on Twitter. 
Um, right, finally, we've got our Deb. Um, we we uh, really, we, sorry, we really needed a, a great episode, and wow, that was a great episode. So much happening, and thankfully, so many characters featured. Loved it. Uh, the way Stamets looks at Adira makes my heart melt. Uh, it seems Hugh and Paul are adopting Adira as part of. Um, sorry, it's uh, quite uh, as part of their family, which makes uh, which makes me. Like the word think. Oh, so it makes me think that Lindsay has written uh, written it. Giorgio's dying apparently. Only she won't because Burnham will save her. I'm really. I'm really intrigued um, with what's going on with our emperor. Uh, the way she does a pantomime baddie voice to show she's evil, I do wonder if the Mystery Federation ship <coughs> with a distress signal might be uh, might be uh, Widow Twanky's Cardassian laundrette. Um, Osari, I, I, uh, Osira. Osara, of course, sorry. Uh, it was a bit of a panto villain, too. A bit disappointing uh, after the build-up. Burnham is much nicer. Is a much nicer character when she's with Buck. That's what I said. Um, who we now know is not Corbuck. Uh, he is an empath. I didn't know that. How come Troy's head didn't go all glowy? Um, uh, Ketma, I'm sorry to say Detma. Ketma, is there a Ketma in it? Detma. No, she means Detma, I think. Detma. Uh, it was awesome. So great to see her shine, and I love Rin. I'm so excited for next week. 4.5 lights out of 5. Deb. P.S. Can I vote for Bob as a red ship for all the jizz references last week, please? Um, Neely makes me uh, want, want, want feces back, but only Neely. Thanks a lot, Deb, and thank you, everybody, for writing in. Um, and please keep it coming in the listeners' feedback. Um, it's very much appreciated. Anyway, it's now time to vote for this week's red shirt. I woke up this morning, put on my red shirt. Oh, so it's red shirt time. Uh, Suki, I'll come to you first. Who's your red shirt this week? Um, I don't know really, because it's been a nice, pleasant episode. Not really. So, should I just go for default and just go Bob? Right as well, whatever you want. Uh, I can't think of anything, um, so I'm going to go Bob. Why? Because I can't think of anything, and I'm going to go Bob. <laughs> what, is it because of all the years of torment that I've given you? Well, yeah, okay, let's let's call it that then. Let's right. call it that. Let's call yes. it that. Um uh, the trauma that I've had to be put through every time I come on a podcast with you. Even. I know I'm still upset about all the jizz references that have <laughs> just been brought up now by Deb. Leaders and pounds, Sucky. Leaders and pounds. Oh uh, John. Well, my red shirt's going to be Sucky for his lazy red shirt fucking voting <laughs> strategy. If that's, the, if that's the route we're going down, then I'm just going to vote for you, Sucky. Okay. Oh. No worries. So, one for Sucky, one for me. Uh, Lindsay I too I'm going to vote for Suki because that was exactly what yeah. I was like you, you can't buy into Bob's like meta plan that we always vote him for red shirt by voting for him for red shirt default isn't it hell yes however we like to spread the love around or we need to spread the love around because otherwise we're just going to end up with like 32 of your corpses like taking up all the space 
and I my, like a bit of variety in my yeah. corpses. <laughs> yeah, no. Hopefully, yeah. I'll remember where I buried them. <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna go for for you, Suki, again because of uh, yeah, is someone scored the football? No, no. I would say. Close. Good save, was it? Great. Uh, well, I'm going to vote for you um, for your relevant and default red shirt vote of me. So you're the red shirt this week, Sucky. How do we want to kill Sucky? Jizz. No, just, just well, jizz no, you, you don't want to upset Deb, do jizz you? Jizz and shit in Deb. a big pile <laughs> with Sucky in the middle. It should be noted don't that neither of those words Deb. have been used until yeah. Deb brought them up. Yeah. Yeah, damn it, it's all your fault. We've been terribly well behaved this week, and then you go and, like. Oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, apparently it's jizz and shit death sucky for you. There we go. Uh, it's only every other week, that is. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Thank you very much indeed for listening, everybody. Um, hope we've enjoyed the podcast. If you have, um, please leave us some reviews on Apple uh, 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 Podcasts or whatever else you, you, you can leave reviews on podcasts for. Uh, before we go, I'm just going to quickly come round and ask for some some th- just just a brief little theory now because we're well, well over halfway through discovery. Um, but what, what do you think? Have you got any theories of what's going to happen? I know we've discussed a few, but do you have any sort of big theories that you you can think of? Lindsay, I'll come to you first because John and Sucky are watching the football. Um, okay, so two big things. I think that whatever is happening to Giorgio, it will result in her being more like her prime universe counterpart than she is currently so whether she has to go back in time or whatever like something will happen to at a fundamental level to kind of change her level of evilness because uh, I suspect that will be useful going forward and I am going to throw it out there and say there is some form of discovery in the nebula there is a version of discovery in the there's, nebula yeah, a couple of good theories okay have you got any little theories about what's going to be happening no I'm, I'm going to say the same with Lindsay I know I'm, I'm pretty sure that there is a that discovery, a an alternative version of discovery is out there in the nebula. That's the one that causes yeah. the distress signal, possibly causes the burn. Um, the and uh, Giorgio, I I can't. I'm not sure exactly what what the end end game is going to be with Giorgio. So I haven't got no theories, really big theories on that. Mm. So other than that, that's about it for me. Fair enough, mate. John, have you got any little theories I that mean, you... I mean, you've got... you pretty much covered them. I don't mean... I'll be quite interested to find out that the... Uh, goal! Sorry. I'll be quite hey. interested to... Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Was that an actual goal? Head. It might <laughs> cool. be. I don't know anymore. You think, you think, so who, so you think, you think, do you think Sarah's going to hoof a goal? Or something uh, <laughs> I, I don't know I think I'd like to think that maybe that uh, discovery in the nebula if it is a discovery in the nebula might have caused the burn for a particular reason and I don't I'd be interested to find what it is but we, we, we've not got a lot of clues so far I don't think possibly yeah. like isn't it depends on how that discovery came into existence like I think that's like fundamentally where it's from yeah well that's it like if it if something to do with like the time travel with Red Angel resulted in like a duplicate discovery, it's possible that it was thrown out at a, a much bigger time differential than Burnham and 
prime di- or the original discovery was yeah. like maybe it came out earlier and maybe it like ripped a hole in space time while it was doing it like who knows you just don't know no. We'll, f- we'll find out in the coming weeks. I mean, my only theory or hope is that fucking Saru hoofs someone. I don't get him to hoof someone. <laughs> hoof in the chest. <laughs> just, just a fucking big hoof. Anyway, cheers, cheers for joining us, guys. And again, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, and we'll find out if our theories are correct for the next few weeks as we review the po- as, as we review Discovery. Um, anyway, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh yeah, John. What, how come you say "boy" at somebody else at the end of somebody else's podcast, and you can't do it at the end of this? Because because everyone's making a fucking out of nothing thing. Yeah, so song, song, song and dance, isn't it? Song and dance. Yeah, fucking song and dance.